time as an army chaplain, my soldiers asked me all kinds of questions about God, life, relationships, the Bible, and I answered them as best I could, and I also, they also called me Padre. Welcome to the Dear Padre podcast, where I try to take the questions of the day and answer them, and I hope I'm encouraging you in your faith life. Um, every once in a while, I'll hear from one of you, and it's really encouraging, so thank you for that feedback. The events of the Book of the Maccabees happens about 200 years before Jesus is born. So in this time period of uh, what Christians would see as the intertestamental time period between the closing of the Book of Malachi or Chronicles or whatever you consider the last last book of the Old Testament to be, uh, then this gap of, of around 400 years, and then you have the birth of Jesus in Matthew and Luke and other Gospels. And between that time, a lot happens in the world. One of the things that happens in that time is that Alexander the Great conquers the world. Alexander was called great even in his own lifetime. He was a young uh, teenager who inherited his father's army, Philip of Macedon. And he wasn't even really Greek. He was Macedonian, which there's a difference, apparently, especially back then. But they are they f- first conquer Greek, and suddenly this Greek army that's perceived as a Greek army starts conquering the world, including the Persian Empire, which is at its peak right about now. That's all the way in Iran. So all the way from Greece to Iran, and by the time Alexander gets to India, his troops don't want to go that far anymore. They've been gone for years and years and years from their homes. They want to go home. He finally turns around uh, weeping for there are no worlds to conquer. And he dies on the frontier of the empire at 33, similar to another leader, um, it's death age. And he dies out there on the fringes of the empire. And immediately his empire is divided into four sections. Uh, like split in four different ways. One guy, one general gets Greece and Macedonia and that area. Another general gets Syria and everything east of Syria. So all the way to Persia. Uh, Syria is right above Israel. And then you have the, the, um, the Ptolemy. Ptolemy, the general, goes down to Egypt and he takes Alexandria and Egypt and Cairo and all those places down there, the pyramids. And from his family comes people like Cleopatra, and other uh, people we may have heard of. So the land of Israel sits halfway between the Seleucid Empire in the north in Syria and the Ptolemaic Empire. They all hate each other. All these generals hate each other. And immediately they form their little kingdoms. They start fighting each other. And so Israel becomes a battleground between the Seleucids in the north and the Ptolemies in the south. Uh, and troops are constantly going back and forth to attack each other. The Israelites are caught up in the middle of this. Many of them have been exiled, but a lot of them have come back from Babylonia and other places. Uh, and they're kind of back. And some, somehow, some way, you can read the story for yourself and figure out what, what all went down. Uh, the Greek general, or, or emperor really, Antiochus IV, uh, he's mentioned in this reading, uh, desecrates the Jewish temple in Jerusalem. He sacrifices a pig on the altar. Um, He is tired of the Jewish people 
their worship of the one true and living God that is invisible. He's a good Greek uh, emperor. He wants to set up statues and have festival games and things like that, where there's a lot of indecency and immodesty uh, for the Jewish people at this time. And so Antiochus and the Jewish people get into a fight. And the fight is the Maccabean revolt. The Maccabee means hammer. So the book of the Maccabees, the hammer family, uh, Matthias and his son Judas of the Maccabee, or Judas of Maccabee, or the Maccabee, the hammer, uh, start to drive out the Greek armies. The Greeks are well-equipped. They have a huge infantry, and this happens. And this is the holiday that leads to the establishment of, the, of Hanukkah. This is the events that lead to the establishment of Hanukkah. Probably wasn't celebrated the way, quite the way it's celebrated today, but the, uh, the story about the lamp not going out uh, in the temple, the, the menorah not running out of oil for eight days is the, is the story that gives birth to the Hanukkah holiday that, that happens around Christmas time. It's not Jewish Christmas, uh, but there are presents involved and there's um, a festival of lights, which when you think about the world, uh, when it gets darker, everybody needs to have some sort of festival of lights uh, to get through it. And that's, um, that is the festival of lights where the candles are lit each night of Hanukkah but it's a reminder that sometimes you have to fight for your freedom, uh, especially from the freedom from the oppression of having your temple desecrated. This, these were the events that people are thinking about when Jesus is in Jerusalem at his trial. It is the Maccabean revolt that they're thinking about, how devastating it was for the whole country. Like it said, um, Antiochus is fighting so many wars against the Maccabees and others in Israel that he's running out of money. He can barely pay his armies. It was incredibly costly and expensive and ultimately bad for the economy because the minute an army marches through a village, they've stolen every single bit of food that's there. Uh, And the the consequences then after the armies leave are that people just starve to death. So you have these waves of disease and starvations that follow all these campaigns. And that, but that's, that's the, that's the origin story of, of Hanukkah. And it's the things that, that people are thinking about when Jesus is here. The Greeks are so terrible, Antiochus, Epiphanes, and others, they're so terrible, and the Jewish people oppose them so harshly and so valiantly in the Maccabean revolt um, that they, they get into a, locked in a struggle that they finally ask for help in. The, the Jewish uh, leaders the Hasmonean dynasty that comes from the Maccabee family that ultimately Herod the Great marries into. He marries into the Hasmonean dynasty that is the both high priest and king of, of Jew, the Jewish people. Herod the Great marries into this family and eventually kills his wife from that family, Mariamne. But uh, while this is happening, uh, they ask for help and they ask for the Romans, a small little Italian, this little peninsula in the middle of the Mediterranean Sea to these soldiers to come help them defeat the Greeks. And that's the beginning of the Roman occupation of Palestine. Um, they were invited. They were invited in to help uh, get rid of the Greeks. And in that in- invitation came the Roman oppression and taxation system, which was a lot worse than anything the Greeks had done. And so, you know, when you read a story like the Maccabees, it's, it's hard to say, like, what's the, what's the spiritual benefit to this text? What, what do I need for today? 
Uh, and the truth is that we are facing um, struggles too as people. We're facing obstacles, uh, struggles. We're facing opposition. We're face, facing uh, some of our own consequences of things that we've done or left undone. All the things that we're facing today, uh, be the hammer, be a Maccabee. Um, someone who says, you know, uh, no one's really addressed this before, but I think I'm going to do something about what I see as the problem. That's one way to take it. The other, the other encouraging lesson, I think, from the Maccabees is that this, this is the world that Jesus is born into. It is not a perfect world. It's not a world where there's a functioning uh, Jewish government in Jerusalem. It's not a world where there's a, a political system that anybody has voted for or anybody approves of. It's not a, a world where Jesus' people, the people that he's born into, uh, the people of God, the Jewish people, they are not in charge of their world. They are subservient to, to Rome and Rome's interest and whatever Rome wants to do. And this is the world that gave us Jesus. It's not that different from our world today, a world where there's rumors of wars and wars, famine, earthquake, pestilence. And it is in this context that Paul says to us, but you are more than conquerors through him who loved us, through Christ that died for us. That in Christ, into this Jesus who was born into a traumatized world, you and I can live through it. We can live in it and we can actually make a difference in it, just as Jesus made a difference in it, by opening up our arms in love, by caring for those who are ground down by the system, by being there for our friends and neighbors and even strangers, for loving as Jesus loved the world, this world that is torn by strife and conflict. Amen. Today is the feast day of Margaret of Scotland. Um, she was born a thousand years ago in Hungary um, to a royal family there and eventually ended up in England um, and became English, as royals did uh, when they married into a family or their relatives married into a family. Um, but her brother uh, was a heir to the English throne who died before he could become king. Uh, a thousand years ago, England went through a crisis of succession uh, there was no heir to Edward III, uh, Edward the Confessor, the most holy English king, who sort of uh, many, well, it says in the text, the Chronicles, that he uh, took a vow of celibacy while he was married and uh, while he was king and had no children, which caused quite a problem. So you had a number of English people that were ready for the throne for their turn, um, and there was a man in France, Normandy, who was also believed he, he was the heir to the throne, William, William the Conqueror. Um, eventually, William the Conqueror sails to England and conquers England in the Norman Conquest in 1066. And it's this, this time when Margaret of Scotland, or Margaret of England, um, flees to Scotland to get away from the Norman invasion, because she is tied to this royal family that has a claim for the throne. And uh, the, the way that people deal with that is you kill everybody that sort of can become king, perhaps. And she didn't want that to happen. So she went to Scotland and married Malcolm III, the king of Scotland there, and became the queen of Scotland. And while she was there, she started a ferry service uh, across the Firth of Forth, I think this is, to various churches that were places of pilgrimage. So she understood that people need pilgrimage. 
And it's up to the, it was up to the government at that time to make sure people had access to their holy sites. And it was her influence on the church in a long career, um, long for the standards of the day. She died, I think, around age 50. Um, she, uh, during her time as queen, encouraged the, the, the piety of the, English, of the Scottish nation that eventually uh, gave birth to the religious uh, and the religious life of Scotland today. There are many Roman Catholics in Scotland, in spite of the fact that Presbyterians kind of run the country, um, that have that preserve Margaret of Scotland's memory. Um, as Anglicans, we also remember her for her part in in the, the encouragement of the growth of Christianity in England, as well as in Scotland. There are still places in England and Scotland and Wales and places like that um, in her lifetime that, that weren't Christian at all. And so her witness... Um, to not just her own people, but to people across the ocean is what we commemorate today. O God, you called your servant Margaret to an earthly throne that she might advance your heavenly kingdom and gave her zeal for your church and love for your people. Mercifully grant that we who commemorate her this day may be fruitful in good works and attain to the glorious crown of your saints through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Pray a colic for mission on 100. O God, you have made of one blood all the peoples of the earth and sent your blessed Son to preach peace to those who are far off and those who are near. Grant the people everywhere may seek after you and find you. Bring the nations into your fold. Pour out your Spirit upon all flesh and hasten the coming of your kingdom. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. <laughs>